This is a fresh agenda. Conversations to connect your productivity and creativity and generate your deepest work. Here is your host, Christina Mendonza. This is a fresh agenda where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. I'm Christina Mendonca. Thanks for finding me here in this part of the podcast universe. It's been a little bit since we did our last episode, a few weeks, and mostly because I've been busy with projects for Mendonca Media, and I just finished up a huge project, my end-of-the-year project for an organization called the Family Justice Center, just amazing work for people, kind of uh, putting together legal help for people who desperately need to escape situations like domestic violence, Um, maybe they have... Uh, they don't have access to attorneys. And then they also offer emotional support, housing support. So it's really wraparound services for people with the, uh, the the hub being legal services. They're just a fantastic organization. So we did a big slate of about six videos for them. And, uh, and so they have content for their upcoming award ceremony. And it was really a great project. So done with that. And I pretty much have the rest of the year to file new A Fresh Agenda reports. And so this one is episode 104. It's a story, really, of personal and professional transformation, building a global brand while losing over 100 pounds. The woman is Pyle Mahajan. She's amazing. She's getting married this week, which is kind of the crescendo of an incredible few years for her. She's the founder of Harper Bazaar award-winning Essential Body Couture Skin Care, which is really bringing true luxury skincare to India. And her mentors are people like Bobby Brown, of course, the makeup artist and the uh, founder of the cosmetic super brown, uh, super brand, Bobby Brown Cosmetics. The two met by chance when Pyle Mahajan was in New York. Brown looked her up when she traveled to New Delhi. The two became friends and Brown became Mahajan's mentor. And you couldn't really ask for a better mentor, someone who built such a huge brand and is now helping Mahajan with hers. So I interview a lot of people that talk about transformation, personal and professional transformation. This is a story of both at the same time. So I'm fascinated by the concept. I love to hear how others have navigated those big changes in their lives, whether they are professional or personal. This pandemic, really the turmoil in the world overall right now, has caused such a sea change for people who've quit their jobs or moved to other areas of the country. Maybe they suddenly realize life is short and I don't want to be doing what I'm doing every day. I want to do something else. The world is just swirling right now with change and transformation. It is exciting, but it also means that things are changing underfoot, which can throw us off balance. So I think it's really important to seek things, people, ideas that give us a sense of steadiness and peace. So here are a few things that mentally strong people do to achieve this, to, to keep their mental stability, their, uh, their just their, keep their ground underfoot from feeling too slippy. Mentally strong people do not waste their energy trying to change toxic people. Let that shit go. Let it go. Mentally strong people set long-term goals. They're willing to put the hard work in that it takes to gain contentment, and they refuse to give in to instant gratification or temporary indulgences. Uh, People like Pyle, Mahajan, if you're going to lose 120 pounds, that's not going to happen overnight. Um, so she set aside a lot of immediate gratification to make that happen for herself. Same with starting her business. The mentally strong people, they face their fears. They venture into unknown areas. They test their limits. 
mentally strong people count their blessings as opposed to their burdens. I can't tell you in my lowest points of my career or my life where I was afraid or things weren't going well, I tried gratitude and it does something to your mindset. It opens you up for really good things to happen. I know that sounds really woo-woo and I tend toward practicality. I'm not a woo-woo person, um, but I don't know why it works. (laughs) It just works. So if you take the time when things are the shittiest and say, okay, things are not great, but I have this I'm grateful for, and I have this I'm grateful for, and I have this I'm grateful for, it will open you up to receiving other good things. Also on my mind this week, I turned 53. Hello, Scorpio friends. And I posted something on Instagram. It was a quote from Sarah Jessica Parker about getting older and not wanting to disappear as you deal with your changing physicality. And I've been fine with that, but now at 53, I do mourn the ease with which you can look good. (laughs) Used to be you could just throw your hair up in a ponytail and put on something quickly and leave the door. It takes a little bit of extra effort, uh, which I, you know, I don't mind, but, um, but it's just something I'm thinking about as I enter mid-age or, you know, I guess I haven't entered it. I guess I'm in it. I'm, I'm in the thick of it right now. Okay. Time to dig into this interview with a transformational woman. She lost 120 pounds while launching an international skincare line, made friends with a cosmetic company icon, Bobby Brown, found love and found a tribe of women globally that keep her happy and healthy. So let's meet Paul Mahajan. I am, Christina. Thank you for having me. And it is busy, but um, this is also exciting. I guess we're just adding to my excitement. I've read a little bit about your background, actually a lot about your background by now, but just for those joining us and who might not have heard your name yet, tell me a little bit about how you got started. So um, I've done what I think most entrepreneurs end up doing, um, which is I did everything under the sun. And um, I ended up landing, so my latest venture, which is Essential Body, is India's first and only couture skincare line. So it is truly the most luxurious Indian beauty brand in the world. And I created it because I went through a journey of my own, as we all do. And, you know, women, men, all of us are forced into these meeting these stereotypes around who we should be, how we should appear. I was a heavy kid. I was a heavy woman. Um, And my weight never stopped me from doing all the things I needed to do in my life. So whether it was, you know, doing things related to um, defense policy or my own radio show when I was 18 years old, Mm -hmm. um, the, the undercurrent to everything was always, she's a fat girl. And Um, eventually, you know, especially in Indian culture and a lot of cultures, actually, I'd say across the board now, um, there is so much around body image that causes a lot of deep-seated, I want to say pain. And I feel as though I spent my existence just being this person, overachiever, um, who was trying to compensate for the fact that I was still always a fat girl, no matter what I achieved. So when I moved back to India um, and I joined my family's business, which is, you know, we used to run India's largest emergency headline and still do. um, I decided to venture out on my own. And I also, the the sort of undercurrent with that was 
I decided to really take control of my health because I said, you know what? Enough. If the only thing that's holding me back from being this image of perfection is my weight, then I'm going to lose it. So I took on this three-year journey of losing a whole person off of my body. And when you lose 120 pounds, there are things that nobody prepares you for. Um, and I realized very quickly that there were several things that were happening with uh, my skin, my body, because nobody tells you that your skin starts to sag. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you lose that much fat, you're also losing fatty tissue that's holding up your face and your body. And so obviously now all of that extra skin will can start to sag. You start to, there's also a lot of emotional um, and mental turmoil that nobody tells you about. And um, I realized that there are women and men out there like me who are going through the same thing. And I started looking for, and I've always been a beauty junkie. That was always my thing. And my skin was always my pride and joy, right? Um, when I lost the weight, now suddenly everybody told me, oh, but you look so gray. You've become so skinny, but you don't look so gray and you look like so saggy and old. And I said, this is crazy. I cannot mm -hmm. do this anymore. Um, and I saw dermatologists and I went for treatments and everybody said, get, you know, this treatment, that treatment. And I said, enough. Um, I wanted to create something that spoke to people like myself. That was important, essential that gave us the nutrients we needed. And I'm, I'm a pretty smart person, so I figured I could do this myself. And um, I f began formulating and experimenting. And lo and behold, Essential Body was formed because initially I was just making products for myself that would calm my nervous system because people don't understand and nobody tells us this because the beauty industry is a marketing machine. And sadly, that's what it thrives on is our insecurities. Mm -hmm. So nobody is going to step up and tell us, hey, if you actually, um, you know, take care of there's a connection between the state of your skin and your nervous system. Um, traditional Chinese medicine talks about this. Ayurveda talks about it. But modern beauty, beauty marketing is all about anti-aging and anti this and anti that and cellulite control. But nothing talks about actually nourishing and nurturing yourself. Um, and that conversation has started to shift in the last three years I've watched. And I love that that is now beginning to happen. So, so Essential Body was born out of my own need for something that was effective, minimal, because I'm also lazy and I don't want a 35-step <laughs> skincare routine. <laughs> no one wants 35 steps. So you went from, I mean, you took this journey of weight loss and then this additional entrepreneurial journey, and so many products are born out of our need for something. Um, what kind of background did you have to start a skincare line other than a consumer of skincare product? So um, I have a degree in environmental policy, uh, which also required me to take a lot of sciences, um, Cook College, Rutgers University, and... Uh, <laughs> Cook College in those days, I, I think they're still around. I don't even know, uh -huh. but I, you know, one of the graduation requirements is you have to take a lot of science, heavy sciences. And I took AP science classes in high school as well. I went to Nutria in Chicago. And um, as a result of that, I had all the background that I needed and I didn't even realize I had it. I've also studied aromatherapy and I've studied eight different forms of um, therapy that include, you know, facial massage and treatments and all of that. And they range across the board from TCM to 
um, your basic facial exercises, etc. Um, so it's a lot of studying and it never stops. So my formulation work comes from my knowledge of aromatherapy as well as chemistry and biochemistry in particular. Um, and because I do treatments and I'm a holistic therapist, that knowledge just comes from constant study and practice. And um, in the pandemic, I actually ended up launching India's first online face workout program, um, which has been vastly successful. And mm. I'm really happy um, because it allowed me, I wasn't being able to perform therapies in person. So I figured I'd teach people how to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's been transformational for me and for my business. Um, and I think that pivot was one that was very intuitive. And I feel like most of my decisions with my business are intuitive. I'm curious uh, about I'm curious about your journey through weight loss. I mean, you said pretty much through your whole life you had been heavy, but you had been uh, able to achieve um, everything you you know wanted to achieve. What was that moment? What was that click that said, I'm ready to take this on now? So I struggled. I yo-yoed my entire existence. Um, I had tried every workout program, every diet. I had subscribed to different diet programs food programs. Um, I'd literally done it all. And the problem was that I, the weight would go and then come back. And what I had not understood was that there is a very deep connection between our nervous system and our internal state and how our body responds to it. And science talks about cortisol levels being elevated. Um, we traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda will point to how inflammation exacerbates and is exacerbated in the body the moment you start to experience any kind of um, threat or stressor that will then cause your body to go into fight or flight. And obesity in those cases or when you are overweight as a result of stress, and I led a very, very stressful life when I was living in New York, um, will cause your body to hold on to fat because it's also a response to potential um, threat. And so I think it was just that moment, and I understand all of this now, I didn't know any of this back then, right? I was just going through the process and then learning as I went. Um, it was really just, I woke up one day and I said enough is enough because I'd moved back to India. I had all these people just kind of, you know, there, there's, um, in general, in our society, people are not, you know, sort of, they don't mince their words when it comes to appearance. It's kind of open season. Um, and fat people are open season. <laughs> mm. And uh, which was really, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but, you know, your, your body will define you. And unfortunately, that's how society is for the most part across the world. I mean, I've had those instances even in the States. Um and I just decided enough is enough because if that's the one thing that's holding me back, I'm going to give this a fair shot. And I was hard on myself. I fired my trainer, if that helps. <laughs> and I put myself um, on an exercise program that I made for myself. I started studying online and researching different kinds of diet programs and researching what actually was successful for people. I made my own program. I made my own exercise routine. And I just started doing it. I would work out once in the morning and I would go swimming at night. And I was on a very, very strict diet. And after three years of doing that, I also learned that my body needed rest because it was so tired of being on this excruciating journey. And um, 
I had to fundamentally change my relationship with food and change the way I saw food because food, instead of being a source of emotional satisfaction or just a necessity because I love food and then eating, not eating all day and then chowing down because I was hungry, but my body would hold on to all of that. And I had to fundamentally rethink what I thought of food. Because Christina, nobody tells you this, and I still have this fear, and I'll be honest about it, is when I look at food and I start eating, my first thought is, I need to make sure I don't gain weight. And that's mm. conditioning from a lifetime of being seen as a heavy person, being judged for it, right? And so even though I've done so much work on my relationship with food, I still have a fear around it. And I have to look at food as nutrition and I have to enjoy and I'm still training my brain to eat intuitively and enjoy what I eat, you know, and I love a good croissant and I love lattes and I love Indian, you know, there are sweets and now with the wedding, I've been doing tastings and all kinds of things. Um, it's a journey and it's a process and I, you know, the only thing I say is, and I say this to my, my students, I say this to my clients and it's my philosophy and I truly believe it. It's, it's not easy to learn to be comfortable in your skin. And I think it's a constant process, but if we can get even 30, 40% of the way there, um, it's a big step up from where, you know, our conditioning wants us to be or where societal expectation wants us right. to be. Yeah. I, I'm, appearance and the psychology surrounding appearance is, is tough thing for all women, not only um, in terms of body image, uh, in our weight, but as we age as well. I mean, those are all issues. Um, talk to me a little bit about building this brand. I mean, I've seen the articles in Bazaar and I've seen uh, the, the fashion articles and and the, a lot of attention being paid to this um, this company now. I mean, how are you handling all of that? And have you enjoyed this part of it? I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. And this journey, every you know, I... It's just humbling. It, that's that's all I can say. It's very humbling for me because I this is so deeply personal and essential body is my baby in every way. And my my online program, my 101010 10 transformation program, is also my baby now. And the two are so interlinked. My life has changed completely, Christina. I I was very conscious when I started this brand that I wanted to create something that would give me the freedom to live my life the way I wanted to live it because I was tired of living um, the 18 hour workday life. I was tired of being answerable to other people. And I just wanted to be able to create something that would have meaning um, and be absolutely undone as in it had never been done before. It had to be new. Um, and it had to blow everybody's socks off. And, you know, for me, every little detail, I'm crazy. I promise you, I am crazy when it comes <laughs> to my work because I formulate everything myself. I have a lab where I sit and blend everything myself. I designed my everything from my labels to my marketing products, to the language on my um, packaging, to even the type of packaging I have. Um, Every single detail I have done myself and it has taught me so much, not just about the business and the beauty business and all branding and everything, but it's also taught me a lot about myself and I've loved every piece of it. And so I understand my world so well and I love living in it. 
um, my oils and my essential oils and my formulations, when I sit in my lab and blend, that's that's my zen. I'm I am lost to the world. And I will throw on some Missy Elliott or I will throw on, um, you know, some old school jazz. It doesn't matter. And I just sit and blend. Um, the press, the media, it's all a byproduct of just work that's getting done. I have to say, I've been really blessed in that sense. Um, I will say this, I decidedly stick to my guns in terms of my philosophy, which is less is more. I'm all about minimalism when it comes to taking care of the self, whether it's the skin or the connection between the mind and the body, because what happens within the body is what shows up on the skin and what happens in the mind will show up on the skin. And so for me, that philosophy and my commitment to everybody who comes my way, which is to meet everybody authentically, because everything now is just so um, contrived. Mm -hmm. We live in a world of Instagram filters and we live in a world where teenagers feel convinced or feel compelled to want to change their appearances because there is something called Instagram face. And in that kind of society, there is a lot of pressure on men and women um, and I have now had the joy of working with women all over the world. Um, in the last two years, women from over 22 countries have taken my program. And I have this beautiful sisterhood that I've built. And the relationships born of that are truly marvelous. And these women, some of these women are actually attending my wedding because they have become my friends and sisters. Mm. Um, We've walked each other through hard times and it's this community. And I cannot emphasize enough how important community is to me because when you build, whether it's a brand or a product or marketing, you call it what you want, but ultimately it's about the relationships and the community. And that's what carries you through. Um, and so for me, that community is priceless. Everything else is a byproduct of that. And um, I just try to stay true to what I've learned from my parents, um, from my mentors, and, um, you know, life lessons learned along the way, good and bad. I was going to ask you, what is the most uh, surprising or lovely thing that's happened to you through all of this? But it sounds like the building of that community. It sounds like you answered that. Yeah, I mean, can you, having a... A global sisterhood, women sitting all over the world from Australia to the United States to the UK, um, the Middle East, and, and even Africa. And having the, that community um, share their love with me and to have people reach out and to be able to actually give to that community in a meaningful way. Because, yes, it's an online face workout program, but it's so much more than that because we go through, I, I literally not chip away at all those beliefs that we are trained or that you know, are ingrained in us as we grow up. And so what's been really surprising for me through all of this or kind of like that big learning has been that our journeys are more similar than we realize. It doesn't matter what race or ethnicity we are. Uh, for women especially, our journeys truly are a lot more similar than we realize and our insecurities tend to overlap a lot. Uh, 
But the beauty of that is then we can we when we come together as a collective, we also get a chance to heal or at least support one another. Right. And learn from one another. I mean, what is next for right. Essential Body or your 10 and 10 program? What's next for you? Or is or do you have like as much as you can manage right now uh, as you enter a new <laughs> marriage? So I'm for the next, well, for the, for the next week, I'm focused on the wedding. Um, and then after that, it's back to work. I have um, a wait list right now of my bespoke formulations um, for my clients that I need to get to. So it's back into the lab. But it's really just about creating more and innovating more. And this is the part of my work that I love. And I'm not afraid of failure, Christina. I was taught this by my parents at a very early age. So I try things and if they don't work, it doesn't matter. I move on. And I also carry this because of my mentor, um, Bobby Brown. And she has she's somebody who just says, just do it. You know, if it doesn't work, move on. Um, and try the next thing. So for me, it's about, you know, expanding. I was, um, you know, I'm old enough to remember Bobby Brown and and when her line first came out, you mentioned huh? her, you've mentioned uh, your parents. Give us a little context. What it, was it in your early life that you believe gave you the courage to try these different things? And, you know, there is a certain personality, uh, there are certain personality traits among people who tend to be more entrepreneurial. How did you develop yours? My dad, my mom, my parents were India's, um, amongst India's first. There were only a handful of um, computer technology entrepreneurs in the early 80s in India, and my parents were two of those people. And so I was born in a household where risk-taking was just the norm. And when I was little, I, I mean, to give you an example, I've always been encouraged by my parents. So when I was three years old, I was in Montessori school. This was preschool. And I was on stage. And that's how early I started performing on stage. So stage fright was never an issue for me. Um, and anytime I was trying to do something, my parents would always say, just go and try it. If it doesn't work for you, if you don't like it, no problem, but just try it. And so that mindset of trying things and it, not, it being okay if it didn't work got imbibed in me early on. And I'm blessed because I have very, I have a very supportive family, my parents, my brother, my fiance now. Um, they're extremely supportive of my work, who I am. And of course, um, Bobby Brown, I mean, I call her Miss Brown. I cannot get myself to say her first name because it's just a thing about gurus. And Ms. Brown has been just this influence on me. She's because I went to the same high school in New Trier. So, mm. um, you know, in Chicago, when I remember going to walking through that high school and thinking, oh, my God, you know, there are certain people who inspire you. And then when I met her for the first time, I said, oh, this is like life is just doing things and there's magic happening. <laughs> and uh, um it's just one of those things. I think it's the influences in your life. I've always grow, I've grown up around really strong women with strong opinions and strong personalities. My one of my my maternal grandmother was an educator. Um, my paternal grandmother was a supremely gifted and powerful lawyer. And so, when you grow up around really strong female influences. And women who just don't know how to take no for an answer and know how to assert themselves, 
you do grow up with a certain kind of personality, which the world may sometimes call aggressive, but I don't think that that's true. You just learn to understand what is good for you and to ask for what you need. Um, because we're also taught and conditioned as women that it's not good to ask for what you need and you should just, you know, take what comes your way. And I don't think that's true. We, we, we are not allowed, we should not be giving our power away. And um, my parents taught me that. And um, it's just been so, so that, that entrepreneurial thing just comes from growing up in an environment of people who just wouldn't take no for an answer. We're very, very resourceful and really good at just problem solving uh, because you have to be able to sort of maneuver and think and navigate and be comfortable with failure. You have to be comfortable with failure. And I think that's something that comes with having a lot of support around you. Um, no, I totally agree that that whole, you know, fail early, fail often. Don't be afraid of failure. I think there's so much wisdom in that. Um, a final question for you. And I ask all of my guests this. What do you do in your life to replenish your creative energy? Do you have a habit? Do you have, uh, you know, a, a hobby, something that you do to to replenish yourself when you're feeling like you need a creative burst? I do a couple of things. So I work out. Exercise for me is now my zen. I used to hate to exercise. And now it's the one thing that I cannot live without. And I, I, for me, that's movement. I need to move my body. Um, whether it's lifting weights, which I love to do. I've become a total nut when it comes to lifting. Um, so move, moving my body. Dance, which has always been my my joy since I was little, and music. Music is what has taken me through every moment in my life. Music is what um, brought me to my fiance, our love of music, because he's a musician. And um, music is what carries me through the hard days and the good days, and it keeps my creative energy going because it's an infinite universe of so many different moods and expressions and it's magical and uh, it really does give me energy in a whole different way. Do you have a go-to uh, artist or do you have a couple of things off your playlist that uh, continue to inspire? I listen to everything but I will say this uh, Missy Elliott I know I dropped her name earlier but Missy Elliott um John Coltrane, Nina Simone, Nina Simone, because her story is just incredible. And um, I listen to her music and it's powerful in more ways than just, you know, the musicality. The, there's so much to Nina Simone's music, actually. Um, Lizzo, <laughs> uh -huh. because she's the she is truly the OG when it comes to giving women um, and she's got a, what they need and she's got a song for every mood. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I listen to everything. I listen to so much Indian music, to Bhangra. And I listen to, uh, because I've been a music nut my entire existence, there's hardly anything I won't listen to. Okay, maybe just, um, I feel like death metal, but... Other than that, I will listen to everything. But these are some of my favorite artists. There was a time and place for Ramstein. <laughs> I well, you and you and my fiance can um, 
you know, nerd out about that because he's a total middleman. Thank you so much, Paul, for your time. So appreciate you taking the time to just go through all of this with us. I, I think, you know, my listeners find so much inspiration from um, women who have, have made the journey and you have made so many different journeys just in the last couple of years. Um, I want to congratulate you on your upcoming marriage. And, and please let uh, the listeners know where they can find you and find out more about you. Yeah, absolutely. First, thank you, Christina. This has been an absolute joy for me. And it's been a great um, sort of, it's been a great distraction from all the wedding work. So thank you for that. I am, you can, if you're interested in Essential Body, you can go to our website, which is essentialbody.in. You can find me on Instagram. I don't use filters. If you want no filter, no nonsense, but fun content, it's P-A-A-Y-A-L and the letter M, Pile M. That's me on Instagram. And uh, you can always email us, info at essentialbody.in. And usually it's me who will respond because I am that crazy detail-oriented entrepreneur. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you again for your time. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Christina. Have a lovely, lovely day. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Paul Mahajan, founder of Essential Body Couture Skincare. You know, there are those interviews that feel like you're having just a conversation with a friend, and this was definitely one of those. Now, many of you know this. In addition to my work on KFBK, I'm working with my own firm in Donson Media. We are an agency that produces content, both independent journalism, branded content for business. We just completed our last project of the year with the Family Justice Center. I told you a little bit about them. And we also have a one-hour program currently airing on PBS stations throughout the country. It's called COVID Lost and Learned. It's co-produced with our friends at McLeod Media out of Boston. It's already aired in Sacramento, but look for it on your local PBS station if you're in another area of the country. Again, it's called COVID Lost and Learned. We're super proud of it. It's our first one-hour show, and we plan to do others in the future. And I want to thank you very much for being here for this podcast. This is really just a passion project for me and something fun. I get to talk to interesting people and I get to, you know, keep our connection going too, because I'm always interested in in the stories of individual people. And I hope you are as well. Please check out my other episodes. I've got some fun interviews there. And until next time, thanks for being here for a fresh agenda. Conversations to connect your productivity and creativity. This is a fresh agenda.